following is KPB MediaWorks production. Choose your fighter. And we're on. Welcome to another episode of KPB Cast, guys. With me today, we have, uh, I would like to call him, you know, he is one of the pillars of the KOF community in the United States. He's a, uh, you're a longtime administrator for uh, Dream Cancel, the website, great website with a lot of information. Who we have with here today is Desmond Hollins. You guys know him as Desmond KOF, man. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, I'm actually really glad to have you on because it, it, I've been meaning to talk a little bit about just that um, the SNK community, KOF community, especially with this game coming out soon. You know, I believe it drops February, uh, what, the 25th? I believe it's the 22nd. Let me let me just make sure. Let me let me make sure. Yeah, go ahead, man. I mean, it comes out basically in uh, in about three months. I know the community is yeah. really looking forward to this one. But uh, before we get all to that, man, let's talk about you. Uh, how long have you been gaming and what is your earliest gaming memory? Oh, excuse me, earliest gaming recollection. Oh, man, I believe all the way. Oh, man, from like just like playing in arcades, playing on console back then. Uh, man, I remember first time playing like Street Fighter 2 at a <laughs> little corner store. A bodega? Yeah, 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 yeah. But this was in New Orleans. Um, oh, it was in New but, Orleans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's where I was born. Man, that's nice and interesting. You know, let it, I mean, we've had a lot, mainly a lot of people here from New York. Can't really, I mean, did you grow up there or did you did you and your family move out of there like at an early age? Uh, we moved out of there at a really um, early age for me. Um, I was like, whew, going into second grade. <laughs> so yeah, this was a while, while ago. Ah, uh, so this you can't really ago. give us a little bit of a background. I've always wanted to, you know, get an idea what the arcade scene was like, you know, especially in a place like New Orleans. Did you guys uh, go out straight to uh, Minnesota, or did you move around before you? Because I believe you're in Minneapolis, correct? That's correct. That's so, correct. Uh, um, yeah, we uh, we just went straight to Minneapolis, and from time to time, I do uh, visit. You know, every, like, few years. I'm due for another visit. <laughs> <laughs> for that Mardi Gras? Um, I try not to stay um, too close to the whole Mardi Gras thing because, like, it gets kind of congested yeah. traffic-wise, and it's hard to, like, move around and stuff like that. So it's best to kind of go when there isn't any, like, festivities or anything like that. And, and oh, yeah, also, just to um, go back real quick, uh, February 17th is the release date for King of Fighters 15. And I'm sure, the, I'm, I'm telling you, man, the community is really, really waiting for this one. But uh, real quick with you, man, um, you said uh, earliest uh, gaming memories, you remember the arcades and everything like that. Did you first start off with uh, console gaming? Did you have any brothers, any siblings? Uh, you know, maybe your pops um, gamed out with you. You know, how did, how did your love for video games come around? I played with a lot of cousins back then uh this was like this was around like 93 94 and i used to go to their house they had a sega genesis and you know they had you know street fighter 2 championship edition uh like mortal kombat 2 and from time to time 
we will go visit like an arcade, you know, at the Mall of America or any other um, arcade. Uh, usually, um, that's like within the city, within you know, St. Paul, Minneapolis area, and uh, going to the arcade in a you know at a Bowen Alley and stuff like that. That was like my spot. But uh, yeah, around that time, you know, just playing with cousins, and then I, I wanted my own Sega Genesis. I told my mom, I'm like, yo, I want my own. Sega at home, <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to just keep going over their house and, and playing uh, all the time. So, yeah, she bought me one back in like late 1994. I, I got my console kind of late. I usually get consoles a little late, to be honest. Right, right. So, well, yeah, I got I got mine with uh, a copy of Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I didn't really. Good, that was a great game. Come on, man. I didn't like that game. I wanted Street Fighter. I wanted like the the fighting games or some other games. I wanted like Sonic and stuff like that. Well, did your love for fighting games, you know, like was it right away or did it take you a while or uh or did your love for fighting games start when you started visiting arcades? Um it started kind of right away. I just I just liked how like cool the moves looked. I liked the graphics and everything. And plus also around that time Slowly, I started to kind of get into, like, martial arts and stuff. So, so I kind of like oh, the nice. whole, like, you know, uh, combat thing, you know, unarmed combat or with weapons and stuff. So, yeah, I, I really, really loved it. And I remember the first time I saw Super Street Fighter 2 in the arcade. This was in, like, uh, like 94. I was like, wow, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? This is incredible. This looks so good. And, and it's crazy because back then... Um, Again, I'm in, like, second grade, and how was I? I think I was, like, maybe, like, six or seven. And, like, the machines, the the cabinets, they're, like, skyscrapers to me. Yeah, yeah. And the screens are just, like, humongous. (laughs) Not to (laughs) mention, man, that music blasting from every single one of them. If you could even make out the music, because as we all know, as anybody who's ever been on this show always says it's like yeah you go into an arcade and it's just like all this stuff just comes running at you and you couldn't really tell what the heck was going on because all the loud music all the crazy sound effects you know yeah it's like a an attack on the senses pretty much <laughs> so yeah I, I fell in love with it and i'm like yo i, I want this game i want super street fighter 2 because my cousins they had championship or was it champion edition which was like made in like ninety three, and I wanted yeah, the, the, the Genesis, new one. I think it was Championship Edition, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I wanted the the new game, man, with the 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 four new characters and everything. And then my mom finally acquired it for me, and like this was like early ninety five, kind of around uh, my birthday. And it's funny because like at that time, I got a lot of my information via magazines and and just going to the arcade. So I didn't know exactly at that time that. Super Turbo was out, and, and um, I knew of, like, Sega Saturn and, and, and PlayStation was out, but I was okay with what I had right now because all that stuff around that time was, like, a, you know, a little expensive. <laughs> so, yeah, I was happy with what I got. I, you know, I remember getting um, Super Street Fighter 2, and, oh, man, um, I remember asking my mom for a while, and she, was, she wasn't telling me, like, flat out that she was going to get it. She was like, eh, I don't know. It's kind of expensive. And then one day she came home from the store, and, like, all my cousins are in the room. Uh, yeah, we're all yeah. playing. Um, I forgot what we were playing. We're, we're playing some game. I, I don't remember. And, yeah, it's it's a busy day at my house. You know, we got, you know, my aunts and stuff over, my cousins, um, and then, my, you know, some of my nieces and nephews. 
and while, she while walks the in the adults, door. While the adults are all talking, all the kids, you know, in front of the Genesis, right? Um, this was a little before that, a little before that. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my mom comes in the door, and I think, like, my uh, our sisters and stuff are with her, and she walks into the room, and then one of my sisters says, hey, come into the room. Like, my mom wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, crap, am I in trouble or something? I don't know what's going on. And everybody's like, ooh. So, I, you know, I walk <laughs> down the hall. I'm like, oh, man, like, what, what is it? And then, you know, I go into the room, and she says, all right, sit down. I'm, like, right by the um, the bed. And she opens up her purse, right? And she was like, check this out. And she reaches in her purse. And then when she lifted it up, man, I swear, I saw, like, heavenly light shining down, man. I heard some, like, <laughs> angels singing, man. It was like like in that movie Ghosts, like, you know, towards the right, end and right, stuff. Right, right, right. Like, she lifted it up, and it was the game. It was Super Street Fighter 2 for Genesis. And she was like, yeah, this cost me $74. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. Like, it, oh man, like so many emotions, and then I, I took it right, and I told her thank you. I gave her a hug or whatever. I went into the front room, right, and then I had the the game behind my my back, right. And I, you know, I wanted to surprise everyone, and she was like, hey, "Hey, yo, look what I got!" And then I showed them the game. I like lifted it up, and I was like, everybody was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everybody!" It was like like we won like the. Uh, the finals or something you, like that. You, you won the lotto. You won yeah. the finals. You know, the yeah, Stanley yeah. Cup, everything. The World yeah, Series yeah, put together. Yeah. Exactly. And everybody's oh my God, yeah. Everybody's, like, tackling me and stuff like that. Wait, wait, wait hold, on, hold on. Let me, let me like, get the, <laughs> the game wanna, out and stuff like that. I don't want to break the game, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's a new game. You know, I have to, you know, take it out the, the, the you know, um, the wrapper and stuff and, you know, open it up. And then, you know, yeah, we, folks, we just this started is playing pre for, um, uh, what is it, pre, uh, what, 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 what's that thing that they do, um, on YouTube, like uh, I'm like I'm, oh, oh I'm un- like, unboxing. Yes, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm mad. Yeah, ob- yeah. I'm I'm mad oblivious to so many things. And then when I saw that was a thing, I'm like, really? Unboxing is like such a big big thing nowadays. But for you, man, it, you know, you just reminded me so much. And I'm sure a lot of our guests had that feeling. I know I did, man. When um, I, I remember the first time I ever got my own system, Super Nintendo. And I used to go over to my neighbor's house, you know, we're playing the NES, Uh, you know, our neighbor's pops was like the man at Tetris, you know, we're playing like Super Mario. And one day, me and my brother, we just show up from school, and there's our dad, you know, he's like, hey guys, come here, check this out. We go inside the room, open the door, and I have no idea why, I, I don't remember if it was actually a technician or it was just somebody that he knew more about that, because, you know, parents, they, 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 they don't really know how to set these things up, but there it is on the television, the Super Nintendo, Super Mario World, and mm. me and my brother, dude, we just went insane. You know what I'm saying? I think that was the first time ever I actually stayed up, like, past 11 o'clock. <laughs> and mind you, I was, like, in third grade, and it's, like, the next day, I, I, I couldn't wait to go to school and just tell everybody, like, dude, I managed to become Fire Mario in, like, the second stage of Super Mario World. How awesome am I? Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's always a joy, man. <laughs> no, dude, man. Those, those kinds of memories, you know, like, I'm sure they could happen nowadays, but, it, you know, simpler times, no internet, uh, you know, secrecy is so much better. And, um, you know... A lack of resources, too. Yes, sir. Know? I mean, hey, listen, man, you mentioned it, you know, magazines. You, uh, 
you went through and you didn't even know that Super Turbo was out. I mean, th- those were those were the fun days. I don't want to sound like a bunch of old guys here, but you know, it it really was it, it really was a magical time, especially for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, still with uh, my Genesis, you know, I got the Sega Channel and you know, Winter of '95, playing more different games and stuff on there. Uh, I um, played uh, was it Art of Fighting. I love that game. Uh, my cousin had Fiddle Fury 2. Love that game. Bought Samurai Showdown on Genesis. Love that game. <laughs> and around that time, like I, I'm, I slowly start started to have like um, kind of a favoring towards those type of games. I'm like, okay, SNK, okay, cool. So <laughs> after a while, you know, um, I, I would say a few years after that, being introduced to King of Fighters uh, 98, playing that in a bowling alley. Loving that game pretty much, um, and and in that bowling alley, it wasn't like a very popping arcade or anything like that. I was usually alone there, just <laughs> playing by myself against the computer. I remember uh, in a Game Pro magazine they had like a kind of a, a section where you can like look at the moves and stuff. I remember um, bringing that to the um, bowling alley or just like remembering you know the move lists and stuff and yeah it just man like just back then it was just just different man like it was just so so different and yeah that's like like my earliest sort of like gaming memories man and leading up all the way to dreamcast and stuff you know getting king of fighters 2000 oh yeah and yeah acquiring like you know different ways to (laughs) play games on my computer and stuff like that but yeah dude it, it was just a beautiful time back then yeah, dude, of course it was, man. Uh, let, let's talk about the Minneapolis scene, if there even was one. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I'm, I grew up in New York, obviously, a uh, big-time community over here. Uh, easily, you know, go down to Chinatown Fair, you know, some of the top locals. And, and listen, even just like you, there were times where I was at a pool hall, where I was at mm. a bowling alley, where I was at a bodega, where, listen, the only person you could play is just a computer, you know, not every place is popping with top competition. I exactly. mean, not, you know, and by means, everybody who listens to this, the competition was just the local people there. We didn't know anything that like the FGC existed. You know, at least I know I didn't. Right. I mean, it, I don't even think we called it. At least I know I didn't call it the FGC when I used to go trek down to uh, Chinatown Fair. That was still a very, that was still a very like, you know, selective group of people who, just knew, you know, knew the um, the next uh, level of competitive gaming. But you, you're in Minneapolis, you know. Um, did you have much of a scene with some of the locals? Were there any rivalries where, uh, you know, where maybe some of you guys get together also and, like, you know, train up, uh, you know, bring the magazine over? Dude, let's uh, try this out. Let's see if this combo really works. You know, take us through that. Take us through the whole, uh, it, it, as much as you could remember of the Minneapolis scene in general for arcades. Yeah, to be um, exact, um, I live in St. Paul. Minneapolis is right over, so I never like lived in Minneapolis. Uh, you know, I um, visited Minneapolis quite a bit. So yeah, everything that I'm kind of explaining, it, it kind of refers to me being strictly in uh, in St. Paul and okay, visiting okay. Minneapolis from time to time, or having people from Minneapolis. Um, come over to St. Paul or me going over there and vice versa. Because, yeah, the right. Twin Cities is just, it's like just, you know, two cities right next to each other. It's almost kind of 
like like a very very small version of uh, like NYC in a little bit. How you guys have like the boroughs kind of next. Yeah, each other. like the Bronx, Queens are yep. all together, but you know we're called New York City. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the whole like scene in in the Twin Cities um, back in like the early two thousands, I didn't really know of it too too much. All I knew is that you know I go to an arcade. Um, kind of like in the middle of Twin Cities, a uh, place in um, in Roseville, Minnesota, called um, you know Rosedale Mall. There was a spot called Aladdin's Castle. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with that franchise. Uh, what's it called? Aladdin's Castle. Uh, nah, man, I'm not familiar with it. The only thing I know about Aladdin is the Disney movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a small franchise, kind of in the '90s and stuff like that, early yeah, 2000s. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they had people playing different fighting games there, but a lot of people gravitated towards MVC2 that was out around that time. And there was, like, you know, Alpha 3 and some other games and stuff. And the thing about that arcade is that they they swapped the games out kind of a lot. So, you know, you kind of had to, like, play real quick and then just play whatever else was there. But the MVC2 scene was pretty strong there. And at the time, I had a Dreamcast I didn't play on arcade stick, only played on pad. Like, I was just, like, really new. So I wasn't, like, competing or anything like that. Um, and I remember from time to time going there, there'll be some people that are really, they'll be really, really cool. And they'll um, go play at someone's house after the arcade closed. And, I, you know, I got a couple invitations to go up there. And, like, I'm playing people that just know the game, like, inside out. Like, they know all the glitches, the bugs, infinites, everything. Me, I don't even know how to, like, block. <laughs> at all like I, I i really don't know how to block <laughs> so I'm, I'm like extremely extremely new I, I don't know how to do much of anything like people are playing me like i'm like uh like i'm like i'm playing for money or something like that like is this is this really really like fierce kind of competition going to like you know this player's house and you know they have all these different people over and they're playing all the way to like three four five a.m <laughs> And that was question, that, that, huh? that wasn't really um, good for me because I was like really young at the time. Let me ask you this question now, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you at the time? Just so I could put this in perspective. Ooh, I was like thirteen or fourteen years old. Okay, so you were thirteen to fourteen years old. You know, you know arcades. You go over there, you have some fun, and like you said, I'm, I'm sure oh, we had our local champion. He's the man, whatever. And then, uh, you know, you get the invite to go to somebody's house because by, by all means at this time, like you said, Dreamcast, by all means, you know, the, the consoles have caught up to the arcades. So, yeah, you know what? The place closed down. Let's uh, head on over to somebody's house and play and everything like that. Let me, and let me ask it to you this way. Did it take you by surprise? How you know how serious some of those guys, some of those guys take it, because by all means, a lot of those guys, and even here, you had to be in that inner circle. It's like you know what, this is the next level. Uh, you know this this is our hobby. This is what we love. We go to you know after the arcade closes, if we can't be there, we're gonna go to somebody's house and just like you know as they say here, we just crack out. So like like were you taken aback by that by that mentality, or did you fit right in? Oh, no, I didn't fit right in at all, because, like, this was, like, a whole other dimension, a whole different, like, level, like you said. It It's completely beyond my, like, comprehension <laughs> at the time, because, again, like, I'm just playing against the computer. I'm, I'm not competitive at all. I'm, I'm just playing the game because I love the game. I love the aesthetics. I love how 
fluid it is control wise like I, I didn't have any kind of thought to like play this game to like beat people and to like win tournaments get money or get some sort of like um prestige or anything like that or or to or even help other people learn i i, I didn't know that at all i was just like completely completely new and i remember a few times going there and i'm like wow this is like <laughs> super super serious like uh you know th some of these people are a little like impatient and like come on block dude i'm like i don't even know what to do at all man i'm <laughs> like y'all coming at me like you know while we're playing like for example marvel's capcom 2 that game can get really really fast so like how can i block i get hit once and i'm dead <laughs> and, you know and, and plus i don't know all the the tiers and stuff and all the you know the different um character strengths i'm playing with like silver samurai and omega red and stuff and like Iceman, even though Iceman is pretty good in that game, but yeah, I just didn't know like the ins and outs of the game. You, they knew were, it way more. You were more playing it as a fan, you know. You didn't know all the crazy technical yeah, I was just, stuff of it. Yeah, I was just playing it as a regular video game player. I wasn't playing it as a competitive player that knew knowledge or studied the game to that level where I knew the game like inside out or to a certain degree that I can like get better and and have good matches or beat people let me ask you this you know since i mean maybe it's hard to figure out who's a casual player and who's a hardcore player it's, it, that's kind of hard to do in an arcade because everybody's just moving around so fast you know uh you, you don't notice many things so what what ended up what was the fact that that they uh decided hey desmond you want to come and play over at our house did you know these people I knew them a few times from going to that arcade because I used to go to that arcade a lot. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, like, I kind of don't know why. I mean, I guess they thought I was cool or whatever, but every time I play them in a game, I'll just lose flat out. I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe they saw something in me or, or, you know, some sort of, like, potential or something or, you know, because back then – um, it was kind of hard to like really get new people into those kind of games in, in that particular way. So I guess it was like, okay, this, this is some like new blood. We're going to like expose them to this kind of um, level of play or, you know, to these different types of people. And then maybe in time later on, he might want to improve. Because again, like I said, it's, it, it can be hard to get new people into fighting games back then. So I, I'm kind of guessing that's that's sort of why, and I, and I still keep up with uh, those people um, now. And 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 um, so, <laughs> and it's funny some of the people that I'm talking about back then uh, they now um, have been involved in like game development and stuff. They're doing really big oh, wow. things. Some of them are um, they do artwork for uh, certain companies and and certain organizers in the FGC. So that's yeah, cool to hear, man. That's really cool. Yeah, 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 but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure why the, exactly they they wanted me over. I'm I'm, I'm kind of guessing <laughs> my uh, my reason why because I'm a new player and they they probably just wanted just someone new there to try it out and see, um, you know how they play and whatnot. I mean, uh, that that arcade you say you frequent it a lot. You know, like you said, they uh, kept. 
they kept switching, uh, swapping games around, and maybe that's why it was kind of hard to introduce a lot of players to finding games because, you know, if, if the games list is not going to be consistent where maybe the owner just keeps moving stuff out. And, and listen, we were kids. We didn't understand. It's like, hey, man, I love playing this game. Why are you taking it away? You know, that that's their business. Uh, that's how they make money. So if the machine ain't producing money, you know, unfortunately, it is what it is. But let me ask you this. Um, I've had plenty of people on here. I mean, I don't know. I don't know um, if you've heard some of the podcasts before, specifically some of the ones with old old time arcade guys. Was there was there a clickish feel? You know, like like there's maybe clicks in that arcade you frequented the most, or maybe some other places. Or were they more relaxed, you know, where maybe you felt you could go in there and you don't see some crazy stuff happening or maybe, you know, just people talking mad crap because, oh, there's group A, there's group B, uh, there's group B. Was there any kind of experiences in, um, in the St. Paul scene or in the, in the, you know, Twin City scene like that that you could tell off of the big arcades? Early on at that uh, arcade that I was <laughs> uh, frequenting that had the Marvel scene, it didn't seem very clickish at all. Again, they, they kind of, like, embraced me for who I was. They, they didn't, like, shun me because I was, like, really bad at the game. They were like, hey, this person is, is interested in this game. Let's be friends. It was nothing to do with, like, skill or anything like that. And, yeah, they they were very friendly to me. I remember, like, watching them play. I remember <laughs> uh, not even, like, playing, just sitting there and just watching them play. I'm like, whoa, I've never seen this before. And oh man, that's old. That's an old like move and stuff like that. Hey, I I never seen it before. This is my first time seeing this setup, seeing this combo. <laughs> so, yeah, it it wasn't like that. It it wasn't really like that. And even throughout the rest of the history of the Twin Cities scene, it wasn't like that. And I try to make sure to not like have that kind of like super like tight knit atmosphere. Because it's like, yo, you can't really find a lot of people that play games like this. We better just, like, take whoever is interested and just be friends with them. Like, what's the point of excluding people or um, kind of discrediting people just because they're not good? It's like, yo, if you play, and even if you're casual or just a fan, it don't matter. We just want to just play with you. And, and, you know, if you want to get better at the game, it's your choice. If you don't want to and if you just want to just be a fan or just just play however you want to play it's your choice you know i didn't think about that for i i just thought about something excuse me yeah i just thought about something um the way you just explained it maybe that you know that kind of idea of it being clickish or you know uh, not not really standoffish but maybe that's exactly why after arcades died out maybe that's why people wanted to recruit players because you know, during the 90s now and, um, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, when unfortunately arcades, you know, they they died down. The consoles finally caught up with them. You, you mentioned the Dreamcast was, I believe, I mean, well, the Dreamcast and the PlayStation 2. And it's no, no, excuse me. I'm talking. What am I talking about? The Sega Saturn was the one that was, you know, playing games arcade perfect. That's when we kind of mm-hmm. stopped just deciding, listen, man. Let's just let's just stay home. You know, what's the point of going over there and spending quarters and money when we have an arcade perfect port here? So the idea of going around recruiting players is basically to keep the hobby alive, correct? Yeah, that's what was basically why some of those players went to the arcade in the first place was to just find new players. It's like, okay, there's Marvel here. Um, there's Alpha here. 
at this arcade. We have it on Dreamcast or whichever system. <laughs> and it's arcade perfect. And you could play for free. So, yeah, that was kind of the, the thing back then. Exactly. So let me ask you this, man. Um, before we uh, move on from this chapter, like, arcades are dying down. You know, this is arcades are part of your life, part of a lot of people's lives in this community. You know, um, especially ones, you know, some of the older crowd. Uh, arcades, what did they mean to you? What were they for you? And what were your feelings when you finally started seeing, you know, you're going to a bodega. Man, let me let me go, you know, drop that quarter now to go play some Super Street Fighter. You go in there, machine is gone. And just sooner, uh, you know, just you just keep seeing everything just dying out. You know, if you could answer those three questions, man, because I always love to hear the perspective of everybody who comes onto the show that experienced that scene. What was it for you? What was, you know, what did you feel when they finally died out? Well, they kind of died out very slowly, pretty much. Like, there was, like, a really, really good arcade that I didn't frequent that much, um, specifically in Minneapolis, where a lot of the... Um, kind of mid-2000s, like, Minnesota scene, uh, FGC players came from. And I remember them telling me that, like, <laughs> when it died out, it was just, like, really, really hard to kind of, like, play each other because, you know, people um, lost contact with each other. And me hearing that, I was like, man, that, that's, that really sucks because, like, the, you know, the place I, I was kind of explaining before, Latin's Castle, that closed down after a while. And... What kind of happened after a while, what we had to do is that it was like, okay, you can't play at an arcade anymore. Is there like another public place that we can like conjugate at? So we had to look towards like video game stores. Like that kind of helped quite a bit. So when like arcades started to like die down quite a bit. And it's funny because like... um. Like, like, nowadays, it kind of seems like some places are, are trying to give arcades kind of a, another chance. Like, oh, yeah. recently, there's, there's uh, like, two places here in um, Twin Cities that have, like, like full-fledged arcades. Like, yeah, here in, um, here in um, the tri-state area, mainly in New Jersey, though. You know, I shouldn't even say the tri-state area. Quite frankly, it is only in New Jersey. There's this great place called Yestercades, mm -hmm. and it's like a new era arcade. You know, it's, uh, it's not quarters. But it's basically you pay like a like a day like a day uh, pass if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, we have that too. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, I mean, I know people's like, oh, that's just a fun center, family fun center. Listen, whatever it is, they got arcades, they got pinball machines, they have everything in there. By all means, this is the new arcade experience. Yeah, yeah, man. But yeah, arcades, yeah, they, they meant a lot to me. <laughs> they meant like so much to me. Like every time I go to that recent spot, it's called Starcade um, in Rose. Um, Dale Mall in Roseville, Minnesota. I just get like so nostalgic of like those days and stuff. Is back that then. Starcade? Yeah, it's called Starcade Arcade. What are they like WCW fans? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think maybe it's a um, a spinoff from the television show uh, Starcade from right. like I think the early um, '80s and stuff like that. Right, um, right. Which uh, had a lot of like retro games, but. Yeah, it, it, like I kind of said before, it seemed that the whole arcade scene, it kind of evolved a little bit. It evolved from just playing at an arcade to playing at a video game store or a like a land center 
or something like that. We we had a video game store. I don't know if you remember a while back the um the Street Fighter Four GameStop tournaments. Oh, of course, man. I mean, yeah, those yeah. Were, those were all over the place. Yeah, yeah. That was almost like the new arcade in a sense, like the yeah. new scene, <laughs> in, in in a small amount. And you having people play at these selected GameStop locations. They're playing Street Fighter Four in a tournament. You got right. people crowding around the screen. Like it felt like a like an arcade uh, scene again. And then um, after yeah. that, like different like video game stores, um, you know, were a little more open to having people play there for free. Like here um, locally in Twin Cities, there's a video game store called uh, Games and Go. They were open to having us uh, set up fighting games there and play. And that helped a lot with the Minnesota scene, like a lot. Jeez, man, you just uh, you just reminded me. I mean, I remember when I used to work down in New York City, as you could imagine, and we're talking about like you know Xbox 360, PS3 days, like mm-hmm. the heyday. And you know, if anybody lived through that, I mean, that's when GameStop was opening the doors to any possibilities. I remember it wasn't just Guitar Hero; it just wasn't a bunch of Guitar Hero kiosks. But I, I, I remember, you know, some of the biggest game stops down in New York City, the one with the where the basement floor was nothing but Xbox. I mean, Ooh. dude, they, they were like, I, yeah, it was like Microsoft, I think, bought out because it was a big game stop. Microsoft bought out the um, the second the basement floor, excuse me, they or they gave them money to basically, hey, listen, this is only Xbox. This is only Microsoft stuff. And they made sure to put down a whole bunch of like tables and and like you know, um, consoles and monitors, so that way people could actually go and play video games there. And I remember a lot of Street Fighter Four stuff happening there. I mean, not 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 even uh, you know, not not only um, Street Fighter Four, but also Mortal Kombat Nine, because again, you know, two thousand nine, Street Fighter Four opens up the floodgates, and mm-hmm. then every like you know, all these fighting games starts following up the next year. And it, it, dude, it was freaking awesome, especially those GameStop Street Fighter Four tournaments. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Those were really, 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 like, important to the FGC if, you know, if people really acknowledge it. I mean, yeah, it wasn't ran 100% good or anything like that. And it was, like, single elimination. And I think they also had some, like, weird sort of rules. Like, you can't, like, like use arcade sticks or something. Or I, I, I remember some like, you only use like the pad that was, like, provided or something like that. They had weird, like, rules. But overall, it was just about bringing people together. Listen, dude, you know what? I, I, I respected that mainly because I've always said it. And sometimes I get into, like, these talks from a business standpoint of view. And, like, you know, some of the people that know me, man, they, they know I, I, I say some things and they don't like it. From the senses, like, well, you know, that's not FGC, that's, you know, that's business and everything. But it's like, guys, the reason GameStop did that is because they're not in the business of actually, you know, so um, they're not FGC in the sense that, you know, right. they, they know the community exists. Maybe some of them do, but the majority of them don't. So, you know, spending all this money to have, like, you know, uh, one, M- uh, one MS uh, lag monitors and, like, having arcade perfect stuff. They're not in the business for that. They're in the business of getting people through those doors and buying a video game. Take yeah. this to your advantage. Maybe you could get some new blood inside the community, and then you could direct them to all the other places where actual offline, you know, organizers who know how to do that stuff. You get what I'm saying? Like, you could direct them over there, but please, let's not crap on this GameStop idea because it is breathing life into the scene, whether you guys like it or not. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. It it like I said, it, it helped a lot. It really, really helped a lot. Yeah, definitely, man. Now with you, uh going back real quick, you uh said you got into uh KOF ninety eight. I'm sure you play ninety seven, ninety six. You've been playing KOF or SNK games in general a long, long time. Uh, you, you know, during that time, there was a big dark age, as they like to call it, for all fighting games. Now, mind you, KOF kept coming out with, like, you know, its usual annual edition of the game, 99, 2000. I, I know a lot of people hated 2001. I, I enjoyed the game for what it was. And then 2002 hit. And 2002, by all means, um, you, you know, that was the big one. That was the big dream match. It was, like, a lot of people's favorite after KOF 98. But in general, the community itself, or the games in general, again, it was a dark age for fighting games. Not many things coming out. Sure, we get games like Project Justice, which are awesome, but then we actually have a whole bunch of bad games as well. What the heck, you know, what made you stick with KOF? Ooh, man. I think well, you know, I'm what sorry, made I'm me sorry. kind of like... Let me say um, this. You're, in general, a fighting game fan, you know? Like, you love fighting games. You said it yourself, you play Marvel 2, you play Street Fighter 4, but what what made you, you know, gear your attention more towards King of Fighters? Um, I, I really liked the aesthetics of the game. I liked the idea of having, you know, um, you know, 3v3. And I also liked the fact that it had characters from the past uh, SNK games that I used to play back then, which was like Fatal Fury 2. Art of Fighting, um, and it's funny how <laughs> my cousin told me about it. He's like, hey, man, there's this new game out called King of Fighters, uh, and then, um, yeah, it has, like, different characters from different fighting games. I'm like, Street Fighter Mortal Kombat? He's like, no, no, from SNK games, <laughs> and I remember playing it, and this was <laughs> around... Awesome. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you can find, like, a Mugen of that probably now. Uh, but, no, uh, I'm sure. But, yeah, but I remember going to the um, arcade and, and just, like, loving it. And around this time, this was in, like, 98, I think, like, uh, Marvel versus like, Capcom was out and all these different other games. I think Tekken 3, Tekken 2, Tekken 3 was kind of out. And then just something about KOF just, like, drew me into the game. It's, it's hard to explain. I just I just loved the look of it. It was just, you know, the, the pixel-based graphics. I love the, the crunchy sound. And right. it was flashy, too, compared to those other games. You know, Marvel vs. Capcom 1, you know, you do a super, you see the meteors in the background and all the flashy <laughs> lights. But yeah. then, you know, when you hit someone with a, a super in 98, that, that can be really flashy, too. I was like, whoa, this is kind of, yeah, this is really flashy for, for something that kind of looks a little... I won't say simplistic, but but not very um, like flamboyant as, as those right, other games. Right. But it had its own like style and everything. And yeah, I remember just playing it and loving it. And then um, playing '96 at a video game store around the same time, or maybe a year after that. Uh, I was like, hmm, they don't have 98, but they have 96, and this game looks great, too. <laughs> so I, I just remember just, like, playing it and, and loving it so, so much. And I had a Saturn around the time. I wanted that game. I wanted, uh, like, uh, 97 and stuff. So, yeah, I was really, really into to KOF around that time. You know, I, I just loved it. It's, it's hard to explain, like, why, like, it, it kind of drew me in, sort of. It, it's, it's almost like with, like, certain things, you, you know, you're just attracted to them, but you don't know why exactly it it just kind of like um it it just kind of hits like sort of like something (laughs) like deep into your your heart and soul and it it was like just man magnetic pretty much i know what you mean man with me with uh snk games 
you know, you play your Fatal Furies. I, I love Samurai Showdown, too. That's like, that may possibly be my favorite SNK game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mark of the Wolves, uh, it's easily up there. But I always remember with King of Fighters, I've always remembered. I actually never played 94 or 95 until much later on in life. I guess I played it like in one of those compilation collections. Yeah, and same here. Yeah, and and I completely skipped over 97 after I played 96. For whatever reason, I just didn't like 96. It felt very slow. Mm-hmm. And then when I got a Dreamcast and I played KOF 98, actually, I remember somebody lent it to me now that I think about it. I didn't buy it. <laughs> and it's like, dude, let's play this game. I'm like, oh, King of Fighters. I remember that game being just slow. There was something off about it. And, man, how much a few years of additions, you know, uh, how much changes the game was so much faster i'll tell you one thing man like like you i, I remember that you know all these characters from the um from art of fighting from fatal fury from all these guys oh cool they're in it and then i remember seeing like you know guys like billy kane and mm-hmm. and, and just everybody in general I'm like okay okay this is much better but also the thing that drew me in is just how much faster the game was you know, it's uh, obviously I don't need to tell you, man. Games from 1992-93 were much slower compared to games like you know 1998 and um, mm-hmm. Super Street Fighter, and that's what drew me in. And of course, the music, man. You know, KOF music is freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Jeez, man, exactly. Let me ask you this: um, after the arcades died out a little bit, did and I actually asked this to well, not I didn't ask him. He told me with uh, my last guest, Posey. Was there a point in your life where you know video games took somewhat of a backseat before you found them again? Not really. I was still playing during our, during the whole like dark ages, and honestly, I didn't even really know of a <laughs> a dark age. I just knew that okay, some of these places are closing up. We might have to start playing at people's houses and whatnot. Right. So yeah, I I, I kind of didn't have that for um, for myself. Like I remember w- one thing that kind of sparked um, f- like fighting games quite a bit for me was that whole um, the Evo um, 2004 footage with uh, Daigo and Justin Wong and the the parries and stuff. Oh, and I remember yeah. seeing that and wanting to learn uh, Third Strike with friends. And, you know, we found those old friends that uh, used to go to that uh, arcade on SureYouCan.com. And I'm like, oh, man, y'all still play? And they're like, yo, let's, uh, let's play Third Strike. And then, you know, we'll, you know, drive over there, play them in Third Strike, get beat down. Um, we had one friend that was with us. Uh, he used to play a lot of Tekken. He was really, really good at Tekken. So he learned the game much faster uh, than all of us. But, yeah, we, we just had all these, like, you know, little small, like, competitions at right. each other's houses and stuff. So that was very, very helpful. Well, you love uh, KOF. Though. Was there anybody else around that um, time that played uh, KOF strictly with you, or did you guys just play every fighting game available? Um, Around that time, we kind of focused a little bit on Third Strike and, like, Yosa Gear. Like, XX was, like, like reloaded and stuff. It was on, right, like, right, right. the Xbox. Yeah, we, we collectively didn't play that much kof i kind of just played it like you know by myself and stuff like that and you know at the crib and it started you know things started kind of evolving a little bit from that uh we started to you know play more and more and more some people kind of stopped you know showing up and whatnot and then it kind of just like slowly for myself i started just playing online right 
I started to be introduced to like uh, GGPO around the time, and um, that that was definitely like a game changer for me. Oh yeah, man, GGPO, especially for something like KOF. I mean, like you said, big time game changer. Because listen, we know unless you live on the west coast or on the east coast of this country, it's hard to find a big KOF community. I mean, even to this day, there's a dedicated group of players that even after the original Chinatown Fair closed down, they still get together and just, you know, they, they just crack out on KOF 2K2, the mm-hmm. original, you know. And, and it's, it, it, again, it, it's just hard. And when GGPO came around, God bless those guys. It, it, changed, it changed a lot, especially for people who love playing SNK games. And I, I could imagine you were in heaven. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. I, <laughs> um, okay, around th- that time where I kind of found GGPO, I was still connected to players on Shoryuken.com. I used to like post a lot in a general discussion area. Where I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't like that area. It's too much drama. So I, I went back to the you know the local threads to the you know the local like Minnesota thread and. Like connecting with players there, and then uh, they started drama, to like drama in the SRK forums that exists. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, man, one hundred percent. But I yeah, I started to connect back with um, you know, people in that thread, and they started to like um, let me know of like different events, and eventually they they had like a you know a little tournament at a, a hotel room, <laughs> a hotel uh, like ballroom. And they had King of Fighters 98 um, feature there. And I knew some of the people that ran that uh, that tournament because um, there, there was also a pretty good Neo Geo scene in Minneapolis. Nice, and, uh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they played on actual hardware. They had the carts and everything. Right. They, they used to have these, like, little small, quaint, like, gatherings at, a, like, a little small party room at, like, someone's like apartment building, bring all their carts, bring all their different games and stuff there. And I remember playing people in like uh, 98 there. Just for fun, we're playing on the the, um, the Neo Geo, on the freaking Neo Geo like stick and everything, man. I'm like, yo, this is so dope. <laughs> but um, yeah, that tournament, that, that, that specific tournament, um, I remember playing a lot of 98 around that time to prepare for it. And what actually happened is <laughs> um, it was an eight-person tournament. I didn't care. I'm like, yo, eight person, it don't matter. And I remember getting <laughs> second place at that specific tournament. And I was like, whoa, I got second place. Like, I, I entered in other games. I entered in Third Strike. I think I got O and Tude. I remember, what else was I playing? I was playing a little bit of Guilty Gear. I think I did a little okay in, in Guilty Gear. But getting, like, second place in 98, I was like, wow, maybe maybe this is the game I should uh, stick with. And, and, yeah, maybe the competition wasn't too super high. I mean, it got really high towards, like, the end of it. <laughs> well, but, listen, but, man, you, you had competition. That's all you cared about. Yeah, yeah, I had people to play with. But then, yeah, winning second place, I was like, yeah, maybe I should just, like, play this game a little more. Maybe I should learn this game more than, you know, Street Fighter Four at the time or, or any other game. But, man, that, that was <laughs> a quite fun tournament, and, and that, that was another kind of game changer for me. Now, real quick before we go on, I've always said it, and I'll, I'll take this to my grave. If there was one system I wish I owned was the Neo Geo MVS, basically the home console. 
But man, that price point, if people think the PS5 price, uh, you know, nowadays from scalpers was crazy. What was it? They, that that system was, you know, dropped into stores and it was like $1,000 right off the bat, wasn't it? I remember strongly around the time I got my Genesis reading game magazines and seeing advertisements for the Neo Geo and then seeing like the little price listings and stuff or if you want to order it. I remember seeing that. I'm like, yo, I can't get that. <laughs> that's like, that's that's so much money. I, I, and plus, every game is like $200, really? Yeah. Like, wow. Dude, so I, was, I knew for sure that I wasn't going to be able to get it. But there was just something about it, man. I loved my Dreamcast. I loved my Super Nintendo, the GameCube. There was just something about that dumb system that it's just like, God damn, I wish I had the money to buy this, man, because I would have bought it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, the I, first time I played... Um, those uh, machines, um, the MVS and the home console were at video game stores and that Neo Geo gathering that I right. used to go to quite a bit. So, yeah, it, it was good to finally be able to check those out. Let me ask you this next, man. Um, you know, you had your little uh, run-in with the little tournament there, eight players. Who the heck cares? You got some uh, offline competition. That's what, that's, that's what you wanted to see. As much as GGPO is awesome, you know, when you got a chance to basically – get that camaraderie in where, you know, you're actually just there talking with people. And, and, and that's the fun thing. That's why I always loved about little local tournaments. Yeah, we're there to have fun, to compete and everything, but it does feel like, you you know, like you're getting reacquainted with a whole bunch of people and even meeting new people. You know what I'm saying? Was this uh, your stepping stone into what the FGC is, or did you only stick to uh, little local tournaments for now? Yeah, it was definitely a stepping stone. Around that time, it was like 2008, 2009 and stuff like that. So slowly after that tournament, still connected on SRK. You know, we started to play a little bit more KOF with some of the people there. And it, it was a, a very small amount of us playing KOF. Everyone else was into Street Fighter yeah, and like, you know, Blas Blue. And, and, and um, I used to play like a fair amount of Guilty Gear and stuff like that. But as far as like actual, like, like KOF... Like, it was a very, very small amount of us. We used to just go over to each other's houses and play. Um, and then in 2010, I randomly came across a player, uh, like a brand uh, new player to me. And, and, again, it's very, very hard to find people locally that play KOF on, on like, a, like, a serious, like, competitive level. And I, I, I ran across this player on, on uh, what was it, uh, Facebook, oh, yeah, Facebook, <laughs> and this was from like a uh, uh, like a event page on Facebook for um, a local um, tournament for I think it was like Soul Calibur two or something like that. Right. And I remember seeing uh, this player post in the comment section for the event. You know, people in the in the comment section saying, "Yeah, I'll be there." Oh, this is so great. Blah blah blah. You know, what time is it? You know, asking for stuff. And then I see the player post up wins the KOF tournament. I was like. Whoa, KOF. <laughs> Every, all the other messages like faded to black, and then that message was like highlighted <laughs> to me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so what I did is I went to um, their profile, and I was like, are they based out of Minneapolis? I hope this is not just someone just like randomly saying that and that's based out somewhere else. Cause, cause that would kind of suck. And yeah, um, break your heart. I, I know, right? So yeah. I, I messaged them. I said, yo, I saw you post in the uh um, event page for 
that that store that's having that tournament. Like, do you play KOF? I was like, yeah, I play KOF. Do, do you? I'm like, hell yeah, I play. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we keep talking, um, you know, about the game and stuff like that. They say, yo, I'm from Cambodia. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, snaps. And, and, you know, and I kind of, I knew of, like, different countries outside of USA that were very, very strong in KOF, you know. Uh, you know, Latin America and, 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 and Asia and stuff. Of and course. Then, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, she tells me, uh, you know, her, her name is uh, Cena. Um, I said, yo, let's play. We, uh, we we played 98. I introduced her to, like, 98UM and 2002UM. And I remember leaving that place. I'm like, yo, this is this is crazy. Like, this, this player is, like, so good. Like, she's so, so, so good. Nice. And like, it's a female player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, oh, yep. Awesome, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I just, I was like, oh man, here, here we go. Like we got some competition now. We, get, we definitely have, um, like a, a very, very strong player. Um, because around that time, like it, it was again very, very hard to find people that were very good at KOF, um, in USA. And for locally, it was even more difficult. So to have that, it was like a diamond in the rough. Yeah. So exactly, I, you know, dude, so that's I told freaking awesome as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. So I told some of the other players I'm playing with, like, yo, I found this player. She's really good at, at like, like 98 less player. Like, maybe we can, like, you know, um, level up, you know, offer and stuff like that. Because, you know, she used to play in those arcades in, like, Cambodia and stuff like that. <laughs> and, and, these are, and these are local players you're talking to? Yeah, these are local players I'm, I'm, that I'm connected on, like, SRK. That, we you know, we try to play, like, KOF, like, every so often. And, Is yeah, she, from uh, there. Let me ask you a question. Is she still active? No, 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 no. She she doesn't play um, KOF uh, anymore. And yeah, this was almost like, oh man, like ten or eleven years ago, ten or eleven years ago. And yeah, we used to play all the time. We used to go over to her house. You know, she's come over to my house. You know, we'll like play. Um, she didn't travel or anything like that. But, she just um, wanted to play some KOF. Yeah, she just wanted to play some KOF and just like just tear us up. And that helped a lot with me understanding the game and then me becoming more serious skill wise in the game because like i love this game so much and i'm like wow i'm getting beaten down like crap i'm not gonna like let someone just beat me down <laughs> in this game <laughs> you know I, even though i couldn't consistently beat her i was like you know let, let me at least get like some like really good matches let, let me at least try to like have like a you know uh, have her have a good challenge or, or at least i like, introduce her to people that can like challenge her because i was like okay if i can't be like a super top player or anything like that let me just like surround myself with people that are really really good and that can maybe help me and help everyone else of course of course dude let me ask you this and uh you know this is a very touchy subject especially within the last two years and you mentioned because she is a female player and, of, and you know this is just one of those subjects that a lot of people have different opinions on i'm sure you've seen it all over the place on twitter She's a female gamer, you know, she's a female, you know, KOF player, whatever. She's just a female gamer. Uh, how did the community, uh, you know, react to a, a girl who, let, let's be honest, this is something a lot of people just, you know, they, they don't want to admit it because they might feel they might offend somebody. But it's been in history a lot that up until recently, gaming has been like a guy's activity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have a female player coming over here. And listen, if if you hear her story, you know, stuff like that is is very common. I mean, I had Athena MX on on the show. She's mm -hmm. a she's a top KOF player in Mexico. And, 
you know, she, she kind of like gave the idea that sometimes maybe, you know, people look at her sideways. How did, you know, how did the community over there react to this girl? Especially, you know, it's like, what, out of Cambodia and she's able to kick our asses in this game? You know, was she welcomed with open arms? Did she ever experience any, um, you know, like bad treatment? Or were you there for her all the time to make sure nobody was messing with her? Yeah, I, I did my best to make sure no one was uh, messing with her. Yeah, she did, she did have some people kind of like, like, whoa, what was this? Like, a lot of people were, like, more intrigued, I would say, rather than, like, oh, my God. Like, oh, this girl playing with us. all right. You know, it, it wasn't really like that at all. It was like, okay, she's really good. Let's keep playing. <laughs> that's that's basically kind of um, how it went um, a majority of the time. You know, and, and always there's going to be, like, one person that, you know, might try to be a little, like, antagonistic or something or, or joke around a little too much. But overall, um, yeah, she was really well accepted locally. No, that's good, man. And I, I think that's what gets lost a little bit. You said the perfect word. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, um, uh, what's the word, masochist and um, antagonistic people. But mm-hmm. it really starts off as intrigue, as in, like, curiosity. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it always starts off like that before. Unfortunately, it just skyrockets into what, what, it, what it becomes eventually. But no, man, good to hear that, you know, she was welcome with open arms and... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure she enjoyed, um, you know, her stay with you guys because, again, you guys are playing the game she loves playing, KOF. And that, yeah. at the end of the day, that's what we're all here for, to have fun, you know, finding people, like-minded people that play the games that we love. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we don't we don't want no negativity around. But it's nice to hear, man, that she was uh, treated with welcome, um, you know, welcomed arms. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, even on my side, uh, I remember... Um, you know, playing uh, video games with, uh, you know, um, cousins and, st- and family members that were, um, you know, girls and stuff. And it, it was never, like, weird to me. Like, oh, my God, a, a, a girl playing a game? Was, I already kind of knew of it. It wasn't anything, like, foreign or, um, or alien to me at all. Well, I think that's normal with all of us, especially during that time. But I think it starts getting to those levels in the competitive, um, you know, environment. Mm-hmm. When you were, you know, when you were with your uh, family, you didn't think much of it. It's like, oh, it's my cousin. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe a friend of mine will come over and like, well, you know, we'll just play around. But then you would probably just go outside, you know, run around. Like the competitive environment, especially for, you know, for video games, is a whole mm-hmm. different animal. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100 percent. Exactly. That's very man. true. So, uh, did you guys, um, after, you know, you guys found her, I'm sure you guys leveled up, you said it yourself, well, were you guys still only staying two little local tournaments, or did you guys finally decide, or, or maybe you saw, maybe you saw an announcement somewhere, a big regional event, or, uh, you know, a big, uh, major, uh, what was your first, uh, interaction, or what was your, yeah, when were you first fully aware of super major tournaments, you know? Well, I've always knew of like Evo and some regionals, but I started going to these tournaments okay. kind of slowly. Like, uh, I think my first like out of state tournament was in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It was in Iowa, a, a state below us, and they had Super Turbo. They had like Guilty Gear. Um, Street Fighter Four wasn't out at the time. We were playing a lot of Third Strike there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> dang. Two thousand eight. Holy crap! And um, do you remember, after, 
Do you remember the name of the event? Uh, DBQ BBQ. It was in um, Dubuik, <laughs> Iowa. And I know I still keep in contact with some of the people that went to that specific tournament out of state, actually. I, I still know of some people. But, yeah, that was my first, like, out of state, like, local, I mean, excuse me, like, like just out of state tournament that was, like, almost kind of like a, a regional. And then after, um, I think, two years or so, uh, I went to an, um, a regional in Chicago. It was called um, UFGT. Oh, Ultimate Fighting Game Tournament. Yes. I went there, and there was many different games there, but there was, like, a KOF side tournament. There. Yeah, and that was one of the big boys. Well, you know, they eventually built it up to being one of the big boy majors, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah. U- yeah, UFGT basically preceded Combo Breaker, did it not, for the area? Yeah, 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 yeah. And shout-outs to, um, to Rick, who's um, a local um, uh, player here in uh, Minnesota. Is he the one that organizes. runs Combo Breaker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, man. How many years are they going on with that tournament now? Obviously, let's, uh, let's disregard the last two years because of COVID, but, man. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that, yeah, that, that's one tournament I haven't been able to make it out to, but I heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great tournament, and yeah, shout out to Rick, shout out to Rick, Re- really, really, um, just really good dude, and and he's he's really good at um you know organizing events and bringing people together. Definitely, man, definitely. So uh, you mentioned uh, UFGT, which is by me by all means a much bigger event than the regional one that you went to uh, Iowa, you know. Um, well, you know what? Let's take it from level to level here. Obviously, a little local tournament, you know, maybe while you're driving out an hour or so. And it's like, okay, cool. We have like 10, 20 players here. Then you go to a regional tournament and maybe you have like about, and I'm talking about the, the event itself in general, not just, you know, for KOF. And I'm assuming like how many players showed up for that uh, that regional in, um, in Iowa? Ooh. It was like 50 people. Yeah, it was in the back of a, a comic book store. And this back of the comic book store actually had a lot of space. People brought in the, the little Astro Cabs for like Super Turbo, a lot of tables and chairs for people to set up uh, PlayStation 2s and stuff. And yeah, yeah, remember, this was before PlayStation 3 and everything. So yeah, yeah. we're still playing on CRTs and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, and, so you go from there 50 players or so you know nice space yeah yeah it's like comic and now you you know you go to ufgt and listen i'm sure you've seen events like evolution and pictures and everything but ufgt is a much different animal now you know now now we're talking about uh you know major major scale you know what i'm saying oh yeah like when you walked in there you know what was uh what was your uh reaction well, I was kind of already used to, like, really, really big crowds at tournaments because even for, like, our, like, local event, we had people coming from out of state, from Iowa, from Wisconsin, from oh, Illinois cool, to uh, to play in our event. So it was almost – it felt a little bit of the same going to UFGT. I'm like, I'm seeing all these people that came out to our past events and – yeah, it, it wasn't too um, jarring of <laughs> as far as like attendance and stuff goes. It's almost kind of like like a family reunion or something. You're just seeing like old friends and family again, <laughs> and that's basically kind of how um, UFGT uh, was. You know, all the way to when it um, evolved into Combo Breaker. 
Have you always been a competitor, or did you uh, start taking uh, more of a liking towards uh, organizing? I was always a competitor, and as far as like organizing, hmm, I, I it's funny. I didn't really like organize like in a way like um, Rick and some other people did, as far as like uh, the whole like logistics and stuff. I was more for like exposing our scene to other scenes. Like in 2010, I uh, bought a capture card that I still have hooked up to my computer to this day <laughs> um, called a Dazzler that I bought from Best Buy. Dude, I remember and, that. I yeah, remember and, that name brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I got inspired, you know, by other um, players that used to record their matches. So I was like, yo, let me record our KOF matches and well and just like show other people that we have a, a scene here even if it's like quite small that right. we have people that play and also to help people locally that may not know of our scene to see that we play and then maybe they'll want to play with us you know maybe they may luckily find our video on youtube or something no you know what man i think that's cool uh basically you became like a somewhat marketing manager for that area's a KOF scene, you became a content creator. And I think, you know, a, a lot of people nowadays, especially within the FGC, it's kind of hard to be a content creator just only for the community. Because mm. unfortunately, at least I've noticed this, some people just get lost because the, the FGC is very, I wouldn't want to say it's very split, but obviously there's just so many games that you know finding somebody who's as consistent with the content creation is hard and you know also building up an audience especially for kof you, you mm. know um kof here it's a game that's well respected i mean even justin wong said it that the best game released around that time is kof 13 like just from a pure mechanical standpoint from yes. a pure fighting game standpoint that is the best fighting game Yes. You, you know, so it, it's always cool that I always thought that was cool, man, that you decided to take that on. And, you know, you were very successful with it. I mean, sure. OK, a lot of people are going to be like, well, you know what? It's the Minneapolis St. Paul scene. I mean, mm -hmm. who cares? But I don't look at it that way, man. You're uh, getting the word out there. And I'm sure, you know, the player base appreciated it. Yeah. Even though we we're like super, super small, they loved it. I mean, I remember I used to stream on Ustream. Oh, <laughs> before I got oh. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, man, like, I, I used to use this, like, really, like, weak laptop to stream. And, like, I remember struggling to even get it at, like, 30 FPS. They had to rock it at 24 using, like, 240p um, resolution and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But I still rocked it. And I still have, like, archives of those, like, early streams on my YouTube channel, man. And... Yeah, I, I loved it, though. I, I really, really loved it. I didn't do it too often. It wasn't, like, weekly or anything like that, kind of like how I'm doing currently. But it, it was something. And, like, it, it helped a little bit for people to just know who the players were in the scene. Jeez, Ustream. Remember that one time I believe Evo was, got moved over to Ustream? It did, yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, yeah man. Dude, it's funny to me, man. I, I always think it's very funny, and I always laugh when I talk to people how much they complain about, you know, 2021 technology and streaming. And it's like, guys, it's not that long ago, you know, 2008. You guys got to remember what the heck we were dealing with. You stream, and I believe 
I, I believe the you know obviously it was Ustream, but it was uh, what was the other one, the big one that I think eventually became Twitch TV. Was it called Justin TV? Yeah, Justin TV. Um, I remember I got introduced to that by my mom because <laughs> around that time, like it was very very early, and they didn't really have the the whole setup now with like all the copyright stuff and and right, whatnot. Right. So they were like playing movies. My mom was like, "Yo, I was watching a movie on Justin TV and stuff." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so they were going buck wild. It was kind of like the early days of like YouTube. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, like, it was my like Yeah, how they had like all this different kind of content that they probably just don't allow now because of copyrights and stuff. But man, yeah, dude, Justin TV, the... that's that's early, man. Not to mention all the crazy stuff you saw on that website, man. It's like, jeez. You oh know, yeah, 100%. it wasn't. It wasn't just people like you, like you know, with your mom. Hey, look, I'm watching somebody live, um, you know, watching a movie, and they're like answering my question. It, it, it's it's weird, dude. Like I always found I always found it interesting how like how glued some people would stay to their monitor just mm. watching people live because I guess just the idea of them acknowledging you on that on that chat stream. You know, it, it it was like amazing to people. It's like holy crap! They're, like they're actually seeing what I'm saying. This is amazing. Yeah, man. Like the, the whole start of like uh, parasocial relationships, <laughs> pretty much, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, e- even beyond just that, because like now, I mean, you have like direct back and forth communication. It's not even like like with streaming. It's not even like parasocial. I mean, well, a little bit to a degree because you don't know them that well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, dude. It it was a start of something, man. Jesus Christ, man. Let me ask you this. Uh, You know, you have uh, you have your little scene right there in the Twin Cities. You have uh, the East Coast scene, mainly New York. uh, You know, some Florida scenes here and there. Mm -hmm. And you obviously have the West Coast scene, uh, Mr. KOF, uh, Reynold, all those guys out there. Oh yeah. All this time, you know, you, you guys try to find ways to make it out to majors, you know, have a competition against each other. Does it always, is it inherent to KOF as a series, as a franchise in general, because this country has too many hot spots for it, that it's, you know, is a detriment to growing the community? Or is it also because the game is just more technically advanced compared to a lot of fighting games? Where, you know, where the scene is what it is here in the U.S. You get what I'm saying? Like, do you guys, does the community wish everybody was a little bit closer just to have something like Mexico and Peru and all those Latin countries have, and even over in uh, Pakistan, where by all means, I mean, those games are still played to this day because they still have an arcade scene. The, uh, you know, like, w- what can you tell us about that, just the KOF community here in the States? I think a lot of it comes from... Capcom and other companies having a big sort of stake with their marketing in the 90s. Right. Like, remember, I I, I knew of Street Fighter 2 before I knew of, like, Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. You know, I knew of those games before of, like, SNK. Um, yeah, SNK, they always had a little bit of a... Um, like, kind of a struggle when it came to, to like, marketing. They did good in magazines, but, like, like television and stuff like that. It was a little, I would say, a, a little weaker compared to Capcom. Now, th- does that mean that if you have an arcade, will it um, 
not have like uh, you know SNK game. No, I mean because like a lot of arcades here, they you know they they had like a little MVS machine because it was you know um, oh, cheap yeah. and whatnot. But as yeah, far as man. like actually playing the, those games, um, kind of far in between, I feel, and and it kind of led up all the way up to like now, sort of. But um, I feel like things are changing a little bit. You know, when it comes to you know like uh, online playing and and streaming and whatnot, but I, I think like because of the you know the presence of of Capcom and, and other fighting game companies and, and other fighting games, and granted, you know KOF is in my opinion a hardcore fighting game for fighting game players. Yeah, the, the competition is is, is going to be a little smaller compared to those uh, those other games. And um, I always told people this, that, uh, like my buddy Mike, listen, man, I, I always thought KOF 11 was such a fun game, ridiculously broken, very beautiful game as well. And un- unfortunately, again, it was released uh, during that time when fighting games was uh, not exactly at the, at the super top of the, of the gaming community. But um, unfortunately, KOF 12 gets released exactly what it was. And maybe do you think uh, that also kind of like hurt the community as well? Because, I mean, the game came out, and I don't need to tell you this. It was an incomplete mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it was. But remember, at that same time, 98UM was released. And then like a year after that, 98UM FE was released. But that was in Japan, though. So for people that had <laughs> um, KOF 12 and they were like disappointed with it, it was like, okay, well, I mean, if you got a PlayStation 2, you know, which a majority of players sort of did around that time. It's like, yo, we could play 98UM and then maybe wait another year, play uh, O2UM. So, honestly, like, locally here, we, we played 12. It wasn't a lot of us. It was just, like, a small handful of us. But we loved it because it was just a KOF game. And, and then we did we acknowledged, like, the flaws in it. And we are like, okay, well... Let's just play 98UM <laughs> and 2K2UM, you know. But but we still played it nonetheless. And I don't think it hurt the community that much at all. Because, I mean, there's other KOF games that you can play. You can play, you know, 2K2. You can play 98 Slugfest on uh, on your computer and whatnot. So, from my perspective, no, um, KOF 12 didn't really hurt the community that much. Well, you know what, man? You turn right around and, like you said, hey, guys, you know what? Okay, the game isn't um, as big in the tournament series that we wish it would, but then, I mean, KOF 13 comes out, and that game just blows everybody away. And the game had a very good, like, what what was it, like two- or three-year lifespan in the tournament um, circuit. And that game oh, was, yeah. uh, I mean, we, listen, we every, anybody who's played it knows, you know, KOF 13, really awesome game. The visuals are ridiculously beautiful. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You, um, unfortunately, there are just some diehard fans that, like, uh, just uh, crazy fanatics. And I think they take the fanaticism to another level, which is kind of scary. But that game comes out and it rejuvenates the KOF community. You know, it's in uh, Evo. <laughs> it's all over the place. Everybody acknowledges it as like, you know, the game that should have been released in, instead of 12. It, you tell us, man, how much did it rejuvenate that scene right there for you guys? Because now you're seeing it all over the place. Like I say, Evo, SoCal Regionals, NEC. It's just, you know, it, it's hard to escape it. This is, I think this is probably one of the first KOF games you know, mainstream, I guess you want to say it, 
where it was just hard to escape. And the visuals, you know, the visuals had a lot of reasons for that. But, yeah, take us through that, man. When King of Fighters 13 dropped, I'm going to be honest with you. My local scene almost had somewhat of a reset. <laughs> it, it yeah it, it was much different like some of the players didn't really play um 13 that really loved uh like o2um and 98um um, oh was it like uh the marvel 2 crowd and uh and their reaction to you uh, marvel 3 some uh, something like that it's hard to say man to be really really fair it's, it's really? really hard to to say kind of what happened like i think uh you know my friend cena didn't have a playstation 3 um, I don't think she really cared for uh, King of Fighters 13. I mean, she liked how it would look, but I don't, I don't think like she was into the gameplay that much. She was just really used to um, like 98, and, you know. But um, well, I mean, let's can we be honest for a sec? Sorry to cut you off there, but let's be honest. 13. If you played a lot of 2K2 UM and just regular vanilla 2K2, you felt right at home. You know, because we, we all know 98 is a little bit more methodical, kind of like how I always say Samurai Showdown 2 is a ridiculously methodical game compared to, like, 4. Then you go to, you know, you go from KOF 98 to 2K2, and, you know, there's a big obvious difference in speed or how you play the game. I felt that 13 compared to, like, 02 was a jump. I mean, yeah, the, you know, there's, like, the you know, the, um, the, the max mode now is called, like, uh, you know, hyperdrive and stuff, but... Um, for me and then other players that, you know, we used to play quite a bit with online, like, you know, playing on GGPO. Yeah, 13 was, it was different. <laughs> it was quite different um, as far as gameplay uh, kind of goes. But it was a good difference, I guess. It wasn't, like, that bad. I mean, some people didn't like it. I mean, because, like, every KOF game you know, back-to-back -back or, or within, like, the different versions, you know, they, you know, there's some things that some people don't really like with some of the mechanics. It's because they like to experiment and, and, and change things um, pretty much. But, um, yeah, yeah, locally it just was, um, yeah, it was it was a reset. <laughs> yeah, we, we had, like, players that played uh, a lot of Street <laughs> Fighter 4 and a lot of other games that were kind of into 13 right. um, that weren't really into the, the past KOFs from what I see. Um, so, yeah, and then we had, like, a lot of new players just coming out of the woodwork that were, like, really inter interested in the game from, like, seeing it at, uh, Evo, what was that, 20, 2012, I believe? I believe yeah, it was yeah, 2012, the, the, yeah. Yeah, the first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, it's funny, I'm just trying to think, like, yeah, like, what happened to, to the scene when 13 came out? It, it was definitely, like, a, a, a reboot. How a did reset. you like the game? Did you I like loved it, or it man. It? Uh, no, I, I I loved it. Uh, I remember playing the, uh, <laughs> trying to play the arcade version of my computer and almost wrecking my computer because it wasn't um, strong enough because I wanted to play it so bad. And I remember a year after that, um, the console version dropped. And I remember being a little disappointed with the netcode. I'm like, oh, man, like this is like yeah. not that good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's okay a little bit. That's why you know, I said, you know, thank God that the game had the lifespan that it did in the tournament circuit because could you imagine if that game with that netcode comes out today? It's basically, yeah. it'll be Samurai Showdown all over again. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. The thing is, is that what people felt to kind of remember around that time, there wasn't too many fighting games when 13 was out. People still playing some things on, like, PS2. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and then PS3 had like it was like Marvel One, and then um, uh, you know, Street Dark Fighter Stalkers, Four and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. HD Super Street Fighter Remix, Four, all that goofy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't too many crazy fighters around. There, there was like you know, um, another version of like uh, like like Guilty Gear that was out. I, I think maybe like like um, X and Core, and then um, Blaz Blue, another version of that game. Right, right. But it wasn't like the the carnicopia from you know like a couple years ago <laughs> to now of. of different game it wasn't like a buffet so uh, and and i think that kind of helped a little bit of like kind of keeping um the, the scene kind of alive tournament wise is just yeah there wasn't that much competition it was like okay there's a handful of games to play or more or like a double handful of games to play you could play king of fighter 13 next to you playing street fighter um four and and, and other you know little anime games if, if you felt like it mm-hmm. but of course but of yeah, course, um, as far as like what kind of like helped the scene kind of last for that long, even when the game didn't have net play, um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm kind of curious of of what other people kind of thought or, or their theories on that. It, it just if it definitely felt like a game. Of, yeah, you have to play this like offline to get any sort of like play, and and plus you know it just looked good. People um, liked how it looked um, aesthetically and and whatnot. And there was also some pretty strong scenes, like like in the East Coast, y'all were playing it quite a bit. In the West Coast, people were, were definitely into the game, and 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 also in in the Midwest, people just loved it so much that they decided to just like stick with it, even if the net play was not good. Let me ask you this, man: When that game dropped, and you know, like you have you have your scene there, um, did it? Did it get you out more, you know, to uh, different areas of the country just to see how your skills would compare to some of the, you know, some of the other players in um, other areas like, you know, maybe a Mr. KOF out in the West Coast or some of the, you know, big time players we have here in New York City? Or do, do you just stick to what you only knew? It definitely inspired me to travel quite a bit in 2012 because the game dropped in 2011 I forgot what month. I think that was like November. <laughs> so in 2012, it may I was have like been October. Yeah, yeah. It was, regard, it was, it was in the fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. near the end of the year. Yeah, around that time. So in 2012, I was like, oh, right, I, I want to definitely like travel for this game. I want to see how my um, skills compare. Play some good people. Meet some new people. Because around this time, uh, Dream Council was open, and and you know we're you right. know, kind of building our like kind of network with different scenes and allowing different people from different scenes to um, submit content or post on the forums to connect to other players. So I was like, okay, let, let me go to these um, tournaments. Basically in my region, I didn't go too far out. I right, think the right. farthest I went to was like Atlanta for mm-hmm. um, uh, Final Round uh, uh, 2012. I forget which number tournament it was. But, um, yeah, I went there. I went to um, a tournament in Ohio called Power Up Yep. in oh, 2012. Yeah. And I think I also went to uh, the UFGT. I think it was one of the last UFGTs before they uh, they um, became combo went breaker. Into, into yeah yeah went into um, combo breaker. And you know what's funny is um, I said UFGT early. I think I meant Midwest Championships, and then they went to UFGT. <laughs> Dang man, that's so long ago. Midwest Championships. <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely yeah. Back to um your your question. Yeah, I definitely um uh, traveled quite a bit 
in the early part of 2012 for King of Fighters 13, and it was a lot of fun. How'd you do? Um, well, to be fair, I, I wasn't really expecting to, like, do very, very well. I wasn't really expecting to, like, win the tournament or anything. I was just extremely curious just to play other people and to see what um, kind of skills they had. And, yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, I had a couple of good matches. But the competition around that time, it was fierce, man. Like, there were people from all over the place that were, like, oh, yeah. like doing really well. Like, I remember um, I went to um, Final Round in 2012 and playing people – from all over the place in that game. Like, man, there there's so many people that signed up for that tournament. I, oh, man. How dude, many people not, signed up? Oh, not. dude, I think it was like over 100 people that were in that bracket, man. M- maybe more or less. But, yeah, just seeing people of, of you know, um, many different um, kind of uh, ethnicities and, and demographics and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, you know, playing King of Fighters 13, man, from no matter where in the USA – it was great. Like, it was absolutely great. Of course, man. Of course. And, you know, um, I take it you went over there. Like you said, you went over there. You weren't expecting to, you know, to be a world beater. But just getting that kind of experience in general must have been awesome. It's like, listen, man, I, I know I'm not going to come out here and, like, you know, go toe-to-toe with some of the best players. I'll give it my all. But there is something about being able to, um, you know, sit down with one of the best in the world and just you know, just go at it. it. It really is an interesting experience, isn't it? Especially when it comes to uh, fighting games. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, going to um, UFGT and then eventually, uh, you know, Combo Breaker. You know, um, playing like Zhao Haim, uh, meeting like Renault and stuff like that. Yeah. Many of the other players in the in the West Coast scene, um, playing people in the East Coast scene. Like, I remember playing <laughs> um, at one of the last UFGTs, uh, Chris G. Like, that was a lot of fun. And then playing a lot of other people from the Midwest scene and then the West Coast scene, you know, like romance and stuff. Right, and, right. Um, playing people within the Midwest that did pretty well, like Mario E. And then, and, and like, Sparkster and stuff. Like, like, man, that was really, really good, man, to have, like, that level of competition for King of Fighters 13 around that time for many different places in the USA. You know, I think it's uh, interesting. Um, it really is because during that two-year gap, three-year, whatever the heck it was, you could honestly say every major that that game was um, involved in this. I mean, obviously, it's specifically Evo because that was the world championship. Mm-hmm. It was honestly the only time I could remember in KOF history, uh, competitive history, excuse me, mm-hmm. where... Everybody, like, it's a lot of nations, you know, they kind of got together, and this was, you know, the best of the best. Some of the best of the best. Obviously, we know in, in some of these places, like, you know, down south in Latin America, in the Middle East, there were some players who weren't able to make it, but the ones who did, you know, you go over there and you see their skill, and all you could think of is, like, geez, what, you know, if these guys could do this, you could only imagine all the secret killers they have at their, um, in their countries but again going back to the original point it it really felt like that was the only time that i could think of where just you know the hot the the highest level of play all got together and Mm. it was someone like uh you know like let's see what country really is the best you know because some of the usa's best players you know they they hung around with some of the best mexican some of the best peruvian some of the best you know brazilian players at least that i remember you know yeah man it was like like 
the World Cup. <laughs> no, no, seriously, dude, it, it was. And, um, you know, let, let's move off of KOF 13 for a second. Let's talk about um, Dream Cancel. I remember when that website was open. Um, were you always involved with it? Um, not at first. When it first opened in 2011, and, yeah, we, we, we uh, surpassed our 10-year um, our anniversary in, in, I think, July. That's right. Um, you guys did. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. First. Years. Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. Christ, ten. Man. Yeah. Ten full years, man. Ten full years. Um, yeah. I wasn't immediately a member of the site until like maybe a, a couple months after it opened. Like, I think I was just like a, a mod at a. And one of the like sections <laughs> in the forums. And then after a while. After maybe like a year or two, I, I slowly got promoted to like global moderator. And then in 2013, when the creator of Dream Cancel decided to um, step back and focus on studies, myself and Kane317 from SoCal became the new administrative team. And um, were, you, were you always one of the people... Were you always one of the guys um, that the owner of the place looked at first? It's like, you know what? Desmond is out there. He's helping the community with his content creation. He's out there spreading the word. I want to make him a mod for this forum because he's the perfect kind of um, you know, player, the perfect kind of person, perfect kind of uh, personality that will help out the community. Because, listen, I I'm sure you've seen it plenty of times. There's been so many... Um, uh, websites specifically uh finding game websites where you know that stuff gets to people's head and they yeah. eventually start just splitting up the community instead of keeping them apart so again were you always one of the top picks you know to to first become a moderator and then slowly you know you get put into other positions of like let's you know he knows how to take care of things i think so <laughs> i think initially <laughs> when the site opened up the creator um was like okay i, I need help anybody wants to you know volunteer and i think I, I got like a dm you know asking you know if i wanted to moderate i was like sure because you know I, I like the um the i would say the mission statement the site had i, I kind of liked the idea of having the site which was initially for um the u.s scene like that, that was the reason why the creator made the site is for you know for people in the u.s scene to connect to each other and also we can like connect with other scenes around the world so yeah i think yeah i, I, I guess i mean that's the reason why i was a moderator <laughs> because also, i was already creating also, stuff yeah it's also um it was created because that was around the time where somebody took the initiative of basically let's create a forum let's create a website only dedicated to this series because as much as everybody loved SRK, it was still very dominant Street Fighter 4 or uh, Capcom, but it was it was a mishmash of just everybody. I mean, you could go to that website and just get completely lost, you know? And um, there was just so much stuff happening. So I'm assuming he also created Dreamcastle, just like Storms created Test Your Might, where it's like, you know what? SRK is fun. I don't think Event Hubs was around at the time, but... This is your home for now where this is only focused on KOF. Sure, we'll have the other fighting games forum. And whoever wants to talk about other fighting games, you're more than welcome. But again, this is just KOF. I'm assuming that's the way it went, right? Honestly, 
because around the time there was other KOF focused websites like like one that we knew of quite a bit was um Orochinaji. Oh, of course, yeah. Dot com. And that was open years before Dream Council started up. And I believe the creator of Dream Council was like, okay, we need something strictly for like the U.S. scene or U.S. Yeah. And, and, you know, in and, and Canada and, and, and other um, areas that, you know, would like to, you know, help. But, yeah, I think that, you know, the main focus was like, okay, KOF or, or SNK games as a whole for players in the USA to connect and play with each other. And when the site opened up, I'm going to be um, quite honest and frank with you, like, it wasn't really – widely um accepted from a lot of the players kind of in the scene especially because like it came out of uh, a discussion on the srk forums you know we we're kind of like um i think so- someone was like very frustrated and was like yo we need to like you know build the scene like we, we need something to help the scene out and then the creator of dream council was like okay let me open up a site for snk games for kof for the scene here and yeah it, it wasn't immediately like well received i think maybe why not um, some people i I think some people kind of thought it was a little impulsive and they were like okay we don't really know this this new guy or something like that Uh, it was kind of it's one of those things yeah it was like okay who's this new player or like you know is this going to just be another like fan site is this going to be or or like like is this going to be for the competitive scene like like what's going to be the identity of this site so that's kind of how things were. And also around that time, and uh, yeah, I don't speak very much of this. Um, like in that um, that thread or, or, or that SRK section for KOF, there were people there that just didn't get along with each other. <laughs> so uh, it, listen, it was almost. I, 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 I trust me. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you that. I know exactly who you're talking about because I remember I used to frequent that uh, board. That, what was your uh, name on there? Oh, my name was always uh, Positively Ralph. Okay, 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 okay. Y- yeah, it's, uh, t- trust me, I-, I know exactly who you're talking about. You're specifically yeah. talking about uh, the gentleman who I had on this show before who always, um, who uh, goes to go- goes to battle for Latin America and the other dude who uh, basically goes to battle only for the Asian scene. Tr- tr- trust me, I-, I know all the people who hated each other on that. Yeah, some- yeah, yeah. And sometimes I really wish it's like, man, y- you guys, listen, I know yeah. we're like 23, 24. We're still in that little bit of um, time where we're still yeah. kids, but we're growing up. But it's like, come on, guys, gr- grow up. It's it's not that serious. Yeah, and unfortunately, I was kind of caught in the middle. And I think I kind of did choose a side, but like, I was more for just like the positive aspect of like the scene. And again, I didn't know a lot of these people. Like so I didn't know like who was like really super toxic compared to the people that weren't. And then I remember seeing people that are like really really sort of like um like I won't say they're they're negative, but they're they're like extremely like critical and jaded and stuff like that. So because of that like when Dream Castle kind of I know what yeah, you yeah, mean, yeah. but my problem yeah, is yeah, I, yeah. I, I my problem is I got along with everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I did my best to get, get along with other people too, but I I made sure if like if people were kind of out of line, I you know I had to kind of no, express man, myself. I, you know, I, I know what you mean, and uh, just a quick uh, thing: it, it really is hard. It gets to a point 
where you don't understand it. You know, you don't understand where all this hatred yeah. is coming from. In a yep. weird way, this country is experiencing it right now where it's just we can't get along. We can't agree. Let, let's just disagree. Let, excuse yeah. me. Let's just agree to disagree and just move on. But again, like I saw that. And sometimes it's like, dude, one of, if these guys ever meet up in real life, somebody, you know, somebody is just, I don't know. Somebody's going to get really hurt physically because they just had so much animosity towards each other. And just because of their beliefs of, like, which player base is better than the other. That's yeah, all it was. Yeah, stuff like that. That yeah. is I remember literally that. all it was. And, and, like, I never chose a side. I just always thought it was very odd, you know, how somebody could just have so much hardcore opinions where – you think to a point where maybe, just maybe, and like I said, if they meet up, man, somebody's gonna get hurt, and and, and it's like, God, <laughs> it's funny. I never thought that. I, I never thought like well, I did, man. That, yeah, like, no, it, it, it didn't seem things, like those that. guys were slinging towards each other. It's like guys, really? Nah, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't think like anything like that would have happened. It probably would have just been like. You know, giving people the cold shoulders, stuff like that. It, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, because that's how it usually is when people kind of like are very aggressive towards each other online. It, I mean, it has to be like a very, very extreme case. But usually, from what I saw, especially in FGC, if there are people that had like issues with each other, either they just didn't talk, or you know, maybe they confronted each other a little bit, or they squashed it. I know what you mean. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Maybe I was taking it to the extreme. I always looked at it that like this, especially. Um, when I was part of the Mortal Kombat scene here in New York, and I, I used to see some things where somebody's like, man, if I see that guy in front of me, I would do some things. And I'm like, dude, so just freaking do it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, get, get it out of your system. Do something about it. But they never end up doing anything. Right. You know, it's just like, like, like you said, give them the cold shoulder. But <laughs> again, man, it's the, those... Those threads in the in the KOF, let, let's just move on from it. If if anybody was there, everybody yeah. <laughs> knows what's going on. But anyway, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, kind of going back while I was saying, yeah, because of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the first like few years of Dream Council, it was a little rough. It, you know, there was definitely a little bit of like um, division with like certain players. But the thing is, we we didn't allow that to stop us from doing our best to make sure the site. Um, was as good as it could be, and um, the forums, you know, they, they're they're okay a little bit. The the wiki, um, we had a fair amount of good information on there too. But again, because of like the whole situation with like you know players not getting along, there there was a little bit of like dissension, sort of like um, you know there there was a uh, we had a wiki for King of Fighters thirteen, and then you know there were players that decided you know let's just make one for SRK. You know, again, because of the whole division thing. But um, amazingly now, now that I'm learning a lot more about how to manage a wiki and all the technical stuff, um, thanks to a lot of the um, players and editors from the Mizumi uh, wiki, things are getting a lot better now with um, adding information and stuff. No, man, that's freaking awesome. You know, that that website, man, I remember when I first... uh, when I first started going there, it's a it's a lot of the same stuff that you would find in um, the SRK forums, but eventually it just uh, grew over time. Especially when uh, thirteen dropped, 
Because as you could imagine, anybody listening to this and anybody who's actually ever been to any of these dedicated websites, the only thing you're migrating over is just information that's been on the internet forever. So, that's true. So basically, uh, getting uh, new information for, <clears throat> excuse me, new information, especially for uh, brand new games coming out, that really is how you build up, you know, traffic. Because nobody's really going to go to a website to read information that you could go, that's been read forever. Like, you know, Nocturnal, God bless the guy. Um, I, I, there's only but so many times I could read the, um, the Mark of the Wolves uh, wiki. You know what I'm saying? So when um, everything started dropping for KOF 13, I, I remember, man, so much traffic for that game, uh, for, for that website. And, and, and the interesting thing is, I would say this about your website. You, you guys, like, like you said, you, you guys kind of like hammered down on stupidity. You know, and I, I don't say this to like throw jabs at Storms who ran a really good website, Test Your Mind for Mortal Kombat 9. But eventually, did he do it on purpose? I doubt it, but he realized more traffic would come with all the trolling that that website is really known for these days. And it's two different products, you know. Um, how, how is it that you keep up and you, you make sure that your website just doesn't become troll center? You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Well, because I could imagine it's a it's a full time job. Oh, well, not really, man. I mean, early on, we, we had a bit of a problem with like misinformation on the wiki. And the issue was <laughs> um, and this is just like like not having knowledge of like how to properly manage a wiki, you know, for myself is that like we didn't allow um anyone to edit the wiki it wasn't like a like free um open creator uh account um signups or registration because like we had issues with spam early on so we kind of <laughs> we closed up uh um like like create accounts publicly so you had to like use like emails and stuff like that, or or like you had to like ask me, and then I had to like create the account on the back end and stuff like that. So because of that, we had a lot of information that was like outdated, that was incorrect, that couldn't just be immediately fixed. Um, so yeah, we we had a very big problem with that at first. Like it was very very big. I remember like listening to other um, podcasts and and you know being harshly criticized because of <laughs> the uh, the the information that was in. Right. Uh, the the wiki I mean, because of, of stuff like that, you know. But things are turning around now, like a hundred percent. And and you know, we're concentrating on the wiki and um the Discord form and, and making sure that uh I mean excuse me, the Discord server. <laughs> server. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and making sure that um, you know, people are connected to the many other Discord servers that exist for the different um KOF um games and, and communities and whatnot. But yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad things are, are changing for the better. Let me ask you this. Uh, KOF 14 drops. You know, fun game. A lot, you know, everybody loves it. And I, I'll be honest. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be one of those KOF 13 snobs. Oh, it doesn't look like 13. Whatever. I had right. my time with KOF 14. It was a fun game. You know, it's fun. Yeah. It's a KOF game. I love some of the new characters. I love, you know... I love the mechanics of it. Again, it's it's KOF. It's a fun game. But I feel like, for whatever reason, it didn't grab the community entirely. Mainly because, 
and I've talked to a few people, it's just some people kind of like how the whole 98 to 2... To 2K2 difference and from 2K2 UM to 13 difference, how some people didn't like it. Right. You know, it's like, what, what was it about that game that, or maybe it's just me, you tell me if I'm wrong, it seemed to split the community. Or am I wrong with that? Mm, I don't think you're right or wrong. I think it's just a matter of like perspective, pretty much. Um, from my perspective, um, as far as it like splitting the community, I think like every new KOF game kind of splits up the community a little bit because so many people are, are so used to like the past game and stuff. And then it's either, okay, are you going to accept the game for what it is or not play it or just have people that totally don't play KOF at all fall in love with it. So I think that's what happened with <laughs> King <laughs> of Fighters uh, 14. We have people that accepted it, people that didn't like it, and people that just decided to just want to play it because they they loved how the game is let me uh, um 2k2um recently got the whole rollback netcode um update and i'm sure uh, nobody's told me this i'm just assuming here i think they're using this as a test especially for kof 15 coming up um what what's that website what are you guys expecting when 15 drops because if that game comes with rollback which it should you know, I'm. Sh- I think it's been announced. Well, it, that it, it is. It, it is, is yeah. coming out with rollback. <laughs> yeah, they, okay. they they say that. Okay, yep. man. Like, uh, like, how much are you expecting a jump on the website when it comes to traffic? For the wiki, quite a bit. <laughs> For the front page, the front page is just going to just link to the wiki and and our different um, articles that were written throughout the history of of the website. The forums are pretty much like locked like we're not going to open up the <laughs> forums anymore because you know now there's social media we have discord um so yeah like yeah we're, we're not going <laughs> to mess with the forums the wiki or is going to be our 100 percent focus we have different players from the community and 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 um, many different players outside of the community that are going to help out with the 15 wiki and it's slowly building whenever there's a new character that's announced uh, we have their um, page set up, ready to go for information to be right. um, filled in throughout time. So, yeah, that's how kind of the site is going to be be used pretty much. The, the wiki is going to be the main thing to help players. I mean, um, what what are you expecting out of the community when this game drops? Are you expecting um, – hey, l- listen, every game – has a big boom whenever it comes out, especially if one of these, like, Twitch influencers plays it for a while, you know, where they get, like, about 100,000 viewers there. But the community itself, uh, you know, outside of the influencers, are like, what are you expecting out of them? Are you expecting this game to have a much longer lifespan than some of the previous games because it's going to be coming out with roll- rollback right away? Where maybe you could actually do some online tournaments. I know you've done. I know you've done some online tournaments before. Uh, at least some people have set up stuff in Dream Cancel. But unfortunately, you know the netcode wasn't really up to par. I always enjoyed those casual little tournaments. They were a lot of fun. But you know, with this game coming out, with rollback announced, um, are you expecting more online tournaments just to just in case after like maybe the tournament circuit dries up? Where you could expect this game to last as, I mean, how do you, how long do you think it will last? Especially, I mean, because that's subjective. But right. again, 
like what what are you expecting from the community? Yeah, I can't really predict how long it's gonna last. It just kind of depends quite a bit on S and K, how you know much they want to kind of like um, give the game content and support events and whatnot, and and what's just in the game as a whole to kind of retain people. And it it also depends on us as a community, you know, how open we are to um, helping new players play the game, and then also um, like high-profile content creators that have bigger reach than us, you know, how much they love the game and them introducing the game to their um, followers and whatnot. So, yeah, that's hard. It's hard to say how long it's going to last. Yeah, and, and I don't want to, like, like predict that either, and, you know, because, you know, it can get kind of, like, negative and stuff like that and... I don't want to like go down uh, no, that that it, sort of road, and I don't want to jinx anything as well. But I I, I do expect um, the first like few months, man, is it, going to get pretty busy, really really busy. A lot of online events, um, mainly of different kinds, not just like a standard uh, bracket tournament, you know, just um, you know one v one. But I'm, I'm expecting maybe some some different events of like maybe online training mode events probably or people just doing those privately a lot of people streaming the game because of you know the the lobby system is really really good and and whatnot you know people are going to stream it quite a bit a lot of people may uh, get into party battle mode which is going to be a little bit different this time you don't need six people to play (laughs) um party (laughs) battle mode like like how it was in 14 how it was like a necessity but i yeah i definitely predict that yeah, th- there's going to be quite a bit of content, a, a quite a bit of activity. Hopefully, SNK, you know, they might, um, you know, sponsor these uh, tournaments, these online tournaments, like they've been doing for the past like year or two. So overall, yeah, it's it's going to get quite busy, and and then maybe after a year or two, um, I think it it will still be busy still again. It, it, again, it's hard to say, but. I think with this game, if it's if it's well received by the community and SNK takes care of it, I think it, it might last for a while. And then we also have like 98 UMFE with the rollback and stuff with the eventual um, hinted lobbies. So KOF, they're not just only looking at 15. I mean, it may be their focus, but they're like, yo, we have these other games, man, that people love. These other SNK fighting games that we want those players to just play our game even if it's not like the newest game just play it and create content and then have more people play it from there how long do you think you'll be doing this for this meaning what exactly keeping up with that website staying within the community you know if if you were to take a guess uh are you in it for the long haul or do you think maybe, just maybe, like, you know, you only have two or three years left in your quote-unquote fighting game career? Or are you just a gamer, you know, for the rest of your life? Um, I'm pretty much a, <laughs> a gamer for the rest of my life. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. We'll, we'll definitely see because, like, you know, life events may happen and then it may change my mind. It's, it's very hard to predict, but I am planning on helping out with the community as as long as uh, I can, even if it's on like a very very small um, level, sort of like if 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 all I have to do is just like 
help out with the wiki and, and just like stream the game and keep up with the discord and stuff like that and then make sure that the site is operational hey that that's fine for me <laughs> but as far as me <laughs> stepping away from that I, I, that's something i can't really predict because I'm, I'm having fun with it so far it's not too terribly difficult and like like i said at any time i can just like you know just just make sure the site is up man you know and and, and just stream so yeah it's, it's nothing too too heavy of a load for me right now and and it kind of never was at first it was a little daunting but after learning a little bit more and still learning it's not that bad you know let's uh let's talk about somebody we talked about uh, a few minutes ago and again i had him on the show and everybody, if, if nobody knows him, he's uh, been a guy who's taken all his operations from the U.S., uh, I guess if you want to call it the U.S. Uh, market, and basically has uh, focused all his attentions in Latin America and even bringing um, some players. Uh, he's brought players over from Latin America to Japan and everything, and that's Dark Geese or Lucas Allen. Do you look at all his, um, you know, accomplishments and you wish maybe, just maybe, he would, uh, well, maybe not him, or maybe somebody else will try to put as much um, effort like he has here in the U.S. for the scene? Um, honestly, I respect what he does and, and continues to do, because that's his interest. That's what he really wants to do. His, he puts his heart into what he wants to do. So I, I have no um, issue with that. I mean, we have players here in the U.S.A., that are interested in helping out and cultivating the scene here. So, yeah, I have no problem with, um, you know, or, or never had a problem with what um, his focus was. Uh, well, I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't have a problem with it. I'm just saying, um, you know, the, the, do you wish maybe somebody would take that step like he has and put their efforts in here, maybe where you could – possibly have something like a national championship for KOF, you know, yearly, yearly ramp, because who, who knows what's going to happen with Evo in the future. Right. Uh, right. You, you get what I'm saying? I, I'm just right. saying from a, from a, what's the word from a product, from a production standpoint, is there anybody here in the United States from, from any, from any of the scenes that could pot, maybe they're putting something together to where, Here's something for the U.S. scene. Here's something like, you know, a big national championship. Or is it just too much uh, time and effort with a community? And I love the KOF community. Don't get me wrong. Is it just too spread out where people may not want to travel all to one big event just only to celebrate KOF? Or is there something else holding it back? Um, What I can kind of say to that is even all the way from, like, King of Fighters 13, there's always been, like... Um, Events that focus solely um, on KOF. And some of them, you know, they, they don't really uh, exist that much anymore. And some of them are kind of coming back a little bit. But um, I would say on that particular level, as far as, like, focus, like, SNK events in the USA, we did have um, Lunar Bout yes, 2020, mm-hmm. which was a very, very good event produced by um, Lunar Phase Productions. And right. during that same weekend, there was, um, what's it called, Hyperdrive, I, I believe, that was uh, in the West Coast that focused on um, SNK games as well. So, yeah, it, it seems like, like you know, 
with 15 and, and once like the, the pandemic sort of, you know, slows down, you know, I, I think we'll be in good shape, man, as far as having um, people step up to make uh, like SNK eccentric um, events. Definitely, man. Have you ever thought about organizing an event when 15 drops? Um, no, not really. I'm not really into like event organization like that anymore. Cause like number one, um, there's a lot of really, really good <laughs> event <laughs> organizers that have like, um, way better skills of organization and, and patience than, um, I am. So mad props to those people, man. They, they do a phenomenal job. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't need to like make my own event. Y'all have a really, really good event that I can, um, you know, share and whatnot. And right, then check right. out when it's over, or if I, you know, if I choose to participate in, hey, I, I don't, I don't need to do it. People are already doing a very, very good job. Um, <laughs> so, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not really into um, organization. I'm, 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 I'm just really okay with just like, you know, just streaming the game whenever I, you know, I feel like it. You know, I, I stream KOF like every week, and I'm, I'm quite happy with with doing that and and just sharing other um, uh, events within the U.S. scene, you know, through Dream Council's Twitter and then on the, uh, the server and and through other servers that are they're connected, you know, to, to the community and whatnot. So, I, yeah, I think things are in a pretty good place when 15 um, arrives. Oh, man, you're right, man. I said it before um, to you before. It's the guys like you, you know, that you, you spread the word for other events. And like you said it yourself, there's plenty of people doing enough good jobs where you don't, where you don't feel like you need to step into those kind of shoes. Yeah. You, yeah. You use your network to, uh, you know, just, hey, guys, here's an event. Think about going out there. Here's another event. Here's some content creation. And, um, you know, we need we need more people like you in the community. Ones that don't have a hidden agenda, but it's more about growing the community to you. And unfortunately, I mean, I want to say unfortunately, there's plenty of people who do that, but it it feels like we just need even more, you know, to grow the community, to see it blossom, especially with a new game coming out. And heck, you said it yourself. You you also spread the words for other games as well. It's not just KOF. You know, you you love fighting games, and and, and truth be told, that's how everybody should be. Sure, I'm a uh, I could be a MK only player, but. What the heck is wrong with spreading the words, you know, of, of a KOF tournament or a Street Fighter tournament? We're mm. all in this together, and I wish more people would see that. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. Well said. And thanks for the compliment. Oh, no problem, man. Hey, listen, dude. Uh, let's uh, put a wrap on this. Uh, what What are your, uh, you know, outlets where people could reach out to you, you know, to uh, say hello, you know, comment on anything, just... Uh, you know what? What are the outlets where people could reach out to Desmond? I'm on Twitter, just uh, at uh, Desmond underscore KOF. And if you uh, are connected on the Dream Council um, Discord server, you can you know DM me on Discord. But um, overall, yeah, Twitter, uh, you know, Twitch, Desmond underscore KOF. Yeah, that, that, those are the you know most easiest places uh, you know to find me if you want to you know talk to me about whatever that's on your mind concerning uh, the scene or you know concerning the uh, the website. So yeah, feel free. I'm, I'm you know I look forward to hearing 
from uh, people that have any questions, concerns, you know, if you want to throw some compliments <laughs> or some uh, criticisms, because, you know, I, I like listening to um, to criticisms um, myself. Hey, listen, I mean, I can't, I can't listen to all of it, though. You know, I have to kind of pick and choose what is helpful. But, hey, if, if right. you want to just talk to me, yeah, Twitter and uh, Twitch and Discord. And I take it on t- on uh, Twitter, you're going to have your Twitch schedule because you did say you stream uh, KOF almost every week, right? Yeah, I've been doing that for the past almost, ooh, man, maybe two years about to be. Yeah, yeah, I've been streaming, um, yeah, just regularly, like twice a week. Like, Dude, it's I, KOF, other games, you know, sometimes we might watch some, like, old school stuff. You know, it's, it's just a, a different little blend of, of stuff that I, I, I like to share. And that's freaking awesome. You know, I wish I had the time, but I have two little kids. And as you could imagine, the moment I turn on the camera, all they want to, you know, all they want to do is be the focus of it. I give props to people who could do that, man. I, I really honestly do. I, I don't know how you guys do it, but, you know, God yeah, bless um, you guys, man. Well, I guess, well, well some people, <laughs> they kind of, they, they use that uh, to their advantage. They're like, okay, well, I guess if these kids want to be in a, the video and on the stream, all right, well, let's let's make it about them. Maybe, like, some people might like, like that. Maybe, you know, there's, like, an audience First, you know, Dude, um, something like that. It, man. Like, I, I, I love my son, I do, but yeah. I don't understand what the appeal is. And by the way, I'm not saying it's wrong. Don't, don't, don't nobody get this twisted. I don't see what the appeal is for my son, who's four years old, watching two two six year olds playing with toys on YouTube. Yeah, and, I've uh, seen that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I've seen stop. my my um, nieces and nephews. I'm not sure if they continue to do that. I think they're, like, playing games now. But, yeah, I've seen, like, kids play with um, um, toys, you know, on, on their screen. They're, like, watching kids play. But I guess it's with us. We're watching people play games, watching streams and stuff. You know, I, I don't know if it's, like, a, a vicarious sort of sort of thing. Maybe it is, Maybe you know. But um, I, I guess, like, it's cool to kind of see people interact with, like, other content and other things and see how – they like it and and react to it and and interact with it and you know um put their own spin on it and and whatnot so i mean i can kind of see why kids watch (laughs) other kids like play with toys i I don't think it's anything with jealousy oh i wish i had that toy it's like hey let's see how this kid likes this toy i'll tell you one thing it was jealous for me when i was a kid (laughs) my cousin got the super nintendo man what about me i don't got Ooh. (laughs) yeah i know right yeah well, listen, man. <laughs> yeah, what a great way to finish this interview. Listen, man, it was a lot of fun. It really, it really was good catching up, and I hope a lot of people listen to this, man, especially with KOF 15 dropping. Guys, dreamcancel.com is the place to be. Reach out to Desmond. And um, Desmond, man, once again, I want to thank you very much for doing this interview with you, man. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it. A lot on my end, man. Thank you so, so much to talk with you, man. And if you want to, you know, do another one or something, or if y'all have, like, a round table or whatever, feel free to hit me up. We'll, we'll schedule something. But, again, thank you so much for talking with me, man. And listen, guys, again, catch the podcast on all your favorite podcast outlets, Google Podcasts, iTunes, believe it's on Radio.com, and, of course, it's on Spotify. Like and follow the channel on YouTube. We will try to get it up there for people who love listening to podcasts on YouTube. But please, man, um, reach out to Desmond for all your good uh, KOF and SNK needs. And keep listening to the show because without you guys, we don't have a show. But 
Once again, man, KPB Raphael. This was Desmond Hollins. You guys know him as um, Desmond KOF. It was a lot of fun, man. Have a great night, everybody. Peace out. And that was a lot of fun. Thanks, Desmond. Thank you. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production. <laughs>